0: she's easily the world's best ultra marathon runner and Camille Heron is quite literally born to run something that she traces back to her days running cross country and track at Westmore High School
1: since to me because i've always had a really funny running gait and um, when i was in high school they were all, they were always trying to change my arm swing or tell me to lift my knees more and i just have i just run the way that i do
0: welcome to beyond the game sponsored by first united bank it's the only sports podcast with a hyper local focus on moore and south oklahoma city before we get to this week's episode we'd like to thank all the sponsors who make this podcast possible first united bank helping you spend life wisely by taking small steps toward a life of love and impact first united bank here to inspire and empower you along the way The Evans Agency State Farm, your good neighbor since 1960. The Evans Agency has been helping you protect what matters most, realize your dreams, and recover from the unexpected. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. at both their Norman and Midwest City locations. Visit orthocentralok.com for details. And Beneficial Automotive Maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. Ultramarathon runners are among the toughest athletes in the world, and Westmore Jaguar alum Camille Heron has etched her name in the record books as one of the best in the world. Heron graciously took the time to talk to us about her latest world record and her fascinating run into the history books. Camille, just really excited to get a chance to catch up with you today on the heels of your new world record at the Jackpot 100. Um, Tell me about that race and about breaking your own world record.
1: Yeah, so I first set the 12-hour 100-mile world records back in 2017, uh, almost four and a half years ago, and I've waited patiently for the opportunity to chase them again, and I just turned 40 back in December and so I had to had some added motivation being a bit older and stronger and wiser to to try and go in and see if I could break the world records Uh, so as far as the race, I actually didn't go into the race, uh, thinking I wasn't really sure whether it was possible just because it was a bit of a tougher course and, uh, being in Las Vegas, it was a bit warm. So I kind of was more conservative with my goals and, uh, had a goal of trying to break 13 hours. And when I hit my 50 mile split in six Oh eight. I thought, holy cow, that's pretty fast. I might have a shot at my world record. So it was pretty much like game on after that.
0: <laughs> and for folks that don't know, you actually hold 14 American records, 10 world records. Um, how did you, what, what the heck is ultra marathoning and how did you get <laughs> into it?
1: Yeah. So ultra running is going beyond the marathon. So, uh, I committed to the sport back in 2015. I had had a 10 year career as a marathoner. I'd run a lot of marathons and I was running a lot of marathons and everybody's like, Hey Camille, why don't you try ultra running? Uh, so it took me a couple of tries. I actually ran my first ultra back in 2013 and it didn't go quite as well as I'd hoped. And, uh, then I tried again in 2015 14 and that didn't go as well as I'd hoped as either. So I kind of recommitted myself back in 2015. I went back to my marathon training approach and, uh, that's when I started breaking records and it felt kind of like, uh, Billy Elliot doing ballet for the first time. I felt like it was kind of this epiphany and this amazing, uh, feeling that I had running my first 100 K, which was much further than I had ever gone. And I just felt alive. I felt like slipping into my most comfortable pair of running shoes. And it just felt like that was what I was born to do. So, uh, yeah, my running career took off as an ultra runner back in 2015. And I've managed to set 14 American records and 10 world records so far. But you have to
0: be a special kind of tough to be an ultra marathoner. And kind of doing my research for this, I came across a story that you were running a race and all of a sudden your your leg felt kind of floppy. Turns out you ended up running eleven miles on a torn MCL.
1: How the <laughs> heck does that happen? I know, it sounds really crazy. Uh, I, I'm i just a bit of a different bird. And uh, I got to give credit to my my dad and my grandpa played basketball at Oklahoma State for Henry Iba, And I grew up hearing these stories of them practicing without water for six hours. And so when I was a kid and being an athlete, I wanted to be like them. And I used to play basketball in our driveway and t- to the point where I would start blacking out. So I just had the natural ability, and uh, you know, being inspired by my dad and grandpa to push my own human limits. It wasn't like anyone had me do that. That was just me as a kid in my driveway. So when I got into ultra running, and I realized that there were all these challenges that I encountered during races, even tearing my MCL one time, that I had this mentality to push through it and to block out the pain. Um, I yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. I, that's just my natural tendency. And uh I credit my dad and my grandpa for that.
0: But you also, as an ultramarathoner, I'm I'm assuming that you are really attuned to your body and your body chemistry, and you notice when things are off. You also recently discovered that you had iron overload, and talk to me a little bit more about how that plays into that special kind of awareness you have to your body in ultramarathoning.
1: Yeah, so I just discovered last year that I have iron overload, which is like the opposite problem that most endurance athletes have, which is anemia and symptomatically, the symptoms are very similar. I had extreme fatigue. Uh, and I've probably had this issue for a long, long time. And I just thought that the fatigue that I was feeling, uh, that it was just, you know, part of being an endurance athlete and due to my training, uh, but it just got so extreme that I was feeling like I wanted to lay down and take a nap during races. And I kind of said, this is not normal. <laughs> I, need to, I need to do something about this. So when I had blood work done, I found out about the iron overload issue. And I've had to work with a dietician the past uh, eight months trying to resolve this and uh, also getting my magnesium up and B12. And so it's kind of relit an inferno in me, uh, you know, turning 40 and, uh, you know, feeling like I'm in my running prime right now. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And I hope that that's inspiring to others to, you know, solve your own health, figure out your own personal nutrition Uh, and keep going with it you know beyond the age of 40 you might find out you're you're pretty darn good at the running so
0: sure and with your vast experience now i mean all of the marathoning the ultra marathoning that you've done I'm your routine of training peaking racing and then recovery i'm sure you have a good grip on that tell me a little bit more about what it's like to recover and bonus question what role (laughs) do tacos play in your recovery
1: <laughs> well, I uh this is where my husband comes into play. So my husband coaches me and he's with me on a day-to-day basis and uh he knows how I'm feeling each day and what my energy's like, you know, if I'm grouchy or happy or whatever. Um so he's the ones that that pulls back the reins on me. I'm I'm somebody that wants to get out the door and push it every day. And uh he's taught me how to train properly to take my easy days easy and my hard days hard. Uh and you know he, he He's also the cook in our house. He's the one that cooks all the good food. Uh, And being an Irish man, we eat a lot of meat and potatoes. So uh, yeah, so I I would say, you know, I got to credit him because he's the one that that acts like the glue, you know, feeding me and taking care of me and uh, training, uh, you know, trying to make sure that I'm not overdoing it on a daily basis. And um, and I have an affinity for tacos. <laughs> I started, and in fact, going back to high school, um, when I ran track races, ran, running for Westmore and in between my track events, I would go to Taco Bell, uh, because that was my favorite place to eat at in high school. Um, and so I get the double decker tacos and have those, uh, before the mile race in the afternoon. And so I, I, I learned back in high school that that was something that, that worked well for me. And I've kept doing that as an ultra runner.
0: Emil Heron, powered by tacos.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> that sounds great. And of course, Connor, you're talking to your husband, Connor, who ran at OU, and he coaches you now, and kind of shepherds you through everything. Right. <laughs> um, and Irish, um, I heard on one of the podcasts, you guys were talking about far and away the Tom Cruise movie, which apparently he can quote. He knows all the Tom Cruise lines. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he says, you, you wash in your scrub, you wash in your scrub with, with his full full Irish accent. So mm-hmm. uh, he he knows a lot of quotes from that. It makes me laugh a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that movie came out around the time that he came to America and uh, ran at the University of Oklahoma. And it's such a great movie. I, I love seeing that one. And uh, I'm a fifth generation Oklahoman. My family came here, I think it's in the 1890s. Um, I'm part Native American as well, and um, I feel a huge attachment to Oklahoma. And um, it's really cool, you know, that uh, here I'm married to an Irishman, and that movie came out. And yeah, we're we're both we're both pretty attached to Oklahoma, and so.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure as uh, folks kind of reacquaint themselves with you. They're going to be pretty, pretty attached to you. We're going to go ahead and take a break right now, and we'll be back with more. You're listening with to Beyond Mil the Game, Head. sponsored by First United Bank. We'd like to thank the sponsors who make Beyond the Game possible. First United Bank, helping you spend life wisely. The Evans Agency State Farm, your good neighbor since 1960. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes at their Norman and Midwest City locations. And Beneficial Automotive maintenance working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. Hey, and that little jingle you just heard means we're now in our Evans Agency State Farm. Get to know your good neighbor uh, segment, uh, good neighbor, Camille Heron, who has moved back to Oklahoma with her husband, Connor, three weeks ago on the heels of her world record setting performance at the Jackpot 100. Camille, you mentioned this earlier, you're a Westmore Jaguar. What year did you graduate?
1: I I am a Westmore Jaguar. Go Jags. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, I graduated in 2000 Um I actually, um, so my, my dad was a school superintendent for a long time and uh, he retired uh, back in, I think, 1998 uh, and so we moved from Duncan, Oklahoma up to Oklahoma City and uh, at that time Westmore had an amazing girls cross-country team and so that was very influential to me going to Westmore Uh, but funny enough the story of how uh, the secondary story that I haven't told is that they also had a really good band at Westmore and I was a very good French hornist. and I got a phone call uh, the summer before I came uh, from the band director convincing me to join their band uh, because I was kind on the fence on whether I wanted to continue with band Uh, but fortunately I kept it up and so I was in I didn't do marching band he let me only do concert band and then I ran on this amazing girls cross-country team for uh, Laura Clay Um, and I think Laura retired here a couple years ago but she was the longtime cross-country coach and you know it was an honor to be part of those teams at the time. Mama
0: Clay is a really good friend of mine. She was one of the ones that helped me get in touch with you. So some cool. great memories there. French horn player. Um, did not see that coming, Camille. Uh, did you play at all after high school or is that?
1: So it's it's a great story, actually. Um, so I ended up coming to Westmore my junior year, and I ended up getting a stress fracture in my foot a couple of weeks before the state meet. And I tried to tape up my foot and run at the state meet, but it didn't go very well because I ended up finding a stress fracture in my foot. So I couldn't run. And I had my French horn. I was a very good French hornist. Uh, I ended up practicing and trying out for the the state band. And I ended up making all state on the French horn in December of my junior year. So there was a silver lining <laughs> to breaking my foot that I ended up making the Allstate band. And I was recruited to colleges for band and studying music performance. Uh, and so, so yeah, there there was, you know, it's amazing journey there my junior year uh, between running and band and, uh, you know, how things unfolded. So
0: that's fascinating to me because I saw that you were a three-time All-State cross country, three-time track and field champion, but the All-State band that slipped under the radar. I don't know how many people know about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I haven't talked about that much. I, I should probably talk about it a bit more because it's, uh, it's, it's another hidden talent, I guess, that I have uh, besides the running. Um, but yeah, I, I could have gone on to study music performance. In fact, I, I thought about, I haven't played the French horn since high school and I thought about getting a French horn and, and maybe getting back into it. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was really fun at the time and I'm glad I stuck with it.
0: Now, early on, I I, another story that I read about you doing the research uh, talked about a unique running style that you developed early on. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I found out I think it was about 12 years ago that uh, I, I had to get hernia surgery at the time. And they did all this imaging on my hips and told me that I had a a twist in my right femur, which was the side that I had the hernia. And that totally made sense to me because I've always had a really funny running gait. And when I was in high school, they were were always trying to change my arm swing or tell me to lift my knees more. And I just have, I just run the way that I do. And when I got into ultra running, I found that the way I ran was a blessing for ultra running, um, because I, I'm really light on my feet. I kind of adapted my gait in such a way that, um, I'm really light. I, I lift rather than push. So I'm not generating a lot of force and, uh, you know, expending a lot of energy when I run because of my gait. So, um, I wasn't a super powerful runner when I was a marathoner and shorter distances, but when I got into ultra running. It's all about efficiency and being able to sustain your pace for a long time. And I found, you know, I found it was like, I'm I'm born for this. I'm born for ultra running. And, you know, my gait helps contribute to that.
0: Yeah. It's almost as if God created you to be an ultra runner. Um, Also, uh, you, uh, most ultra runners with long hair tie their hair back. Um, (laughs) You run free and loose. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so I think it was going into my uh, freshman year of college at the University of Tulsa. I, maybe it was like one day I decided to let my hair run my hair down and run. And I just felt so liberated doing that. It was very, very freeing. Um, and so I just kind of found something that works for me and feels really good. And, um, yeah, I've kept doing that here the past 22 years, just running with my hair down. And it's kind of my, my signature look. So Mm -hmm.
0: now like most folks and more, you're also familiar with severe weather. Um, The 1999 tornado, you guys had a really close call with that. Tell me about 1999.
1: Yeah. So, uh, when we moved up to Oklahoma city to, to go to Westmore, uh, we lived across the street at the time from the high school. Um, and at that time we had moved into an apartment because my parents were still in their house, uh, down in Duncan. And we, we had actually looked at a house that was South of Westmore as well. Um, cause we were trying to decide where to live. And, um, The tornado ripped right through that area and uh, hit where we lived. It also hit that house that we were looking at buying. Um and so uh you know as far as a, a very spiritual moment at the time um it was it was a pretty incredible uh, thing to feel like I'm I'm really grateful for my life I'm grateful for my talent and I used to used to take Sundays off and not run um, and go to church and I felt like I needed a way to celebrate my life and so I started doing long runs on Sunday mornings as a way to you know rejoice in in my ability and um felt you know felt like that, that was a real turning point for me in my running career that, um, I started to get pretty good with my running and, um, I've kept that up my whole entire running career, uh, doing long runs on Sundays and celebrate my life. And, um, yeah, so I felt like, you know, I made a positive out of it and, uh, making the most of my running ability.
0: And you had another spiritual touch point um, in recent years. There was an accident that you were involved in. How did that impact um, or what happened? And how did that impact your spiritual journey?
1: Yeah, so I used to work in research at the University of Oklahoma Health Science Center. And back in 2019, I was driving to work uh, on Lincoln Avenue and um, a car, a reckless driver was trying to cross Lincoln and I'm just driving straight to work and she just came out of nowhere and hit me and my car rolled and I was trapped in my car upside down for several minutes. And I remember thinking that I can't breathe. Um, my car, I'm feeling heat in my car. I thought my car was on fire and thinking, oh my gosh, I could die. I could die. How do I get out of my car? And, um, a person came and opened my passenger door and I was able to slide out of my car. And, uh, I, I was very fortunate that, you know, I came out of it. I had only injured my back. I had, I had twisted my body, uh, during the rollover to uh, save my head from breaking my neck, and uh, and so the only injuries I had was you know injured my back and my neck, and um, was able to get out of my car and still had my legs, and felt really grateful for that. And um, I ended up taking a break from my job at the time, and then a couple months later, I decided to quit my job and devote myself fully to my running. And um, so, yeah, it was a real turning point in my life that I felt like it was a sign from above saying that, you know, you need to focus on my, my running journey because that that's, you know, I'm not going to have that forever. And um, and yeah, I've done done some amazing things since then.
0: Well, it's great to hear that. and glad to know that that the outcome of that was ended up being positive uh Camille just really grateful for you taking time to chat with us today anything you want to say to all your fellow Westmore Jags and other (laughs) uh more folks who are now hopefully following your career closely
1: yeah go go Jags uh I I I I definitely enjoyed my time there I had some really great memories as, as a Jag and uh yeah running around the, the streets south of the high school and even I mean the high school was so big we used to run in the hallways for workouts on on bad weather days and um yeah I you know coach coach clay you know was really inspiring at the time and had amazing teammates and um yeah I mean I, I hope that what I've done with my running career is, you know inspiring to other people to to find your passion and pursue it with all your heart and keep going with it through your life and um yeah I'm very blessed for my talent and uh you you know, how, how, being a Westmore Jag, you know, played into that.
0: Well, thanks again. Really appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations on another world record and best of luck moving forward.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Game, sponsored by First United Bank. We're grateful for the support of all our sponsors. First United Bank, helping you spend life wisely. The Evans Agency State Farm, your good neighbor since 1960. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes at their Norman and Midwest City locations. And Beneficial Automotive Maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. You can listen to Beyond the Game wherever you get your podcasts or online at moremonthly.com. We'll be dropping new podcasts weekly. Follow More Monthly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you think about it, hit the like button. Give us a rating and a review. It helps spread the word about Beyond the Game to other listeners.